Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm the host, Molly Nelson, here with Rochelle Smith, producer of the podcast. And we've got Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. So if you're listening, you've probably spent decades saving for retirement. Maybe you're taking advantage of tax-deferred accounts and traditional IRAs. However, there are strings attached. Today we talk about those strings, their taxes, and RMDs, and how to eliminate surprises. So do you guys like surprises? Do you like to be surprised? Sure. I don't. <laughs> that, that is not a surprise. <laughs> okay, we're split down the middle. I like a good surprise. I mean, I want the surprise to be, you know, like exactly what I like and exactly how I like it and like, uh, you know, exactly what I want. Right. <laughs> don't surprise me with a gift, you know, that I don't like. So right. a good surprise is great, but it's probably hard. I feel like you're reliving a personal experience right now. <laughs> is some there things, something you want to share, Molly? <laughs> some things are going through my mind here. I've had some good surprises in my life and some some surprises that I was like, oh, that missed. <laughs> well, I think that's just called life, really. Actually, I always say the biggest surprise I ever got in my life was when I found out I was having twins. Holy buckets. That is a big surprise. Never again will I, you, there's no way to to ever have a surprise like that. You just think, you know, maybe you're going in to, to see a baby who you, you know, you think, you know, you're gonna get to see a heartbeat or hear a heartbeat. That's what we were just hoping for. Right. And she's like, I've got to tell you guys something. We're thinking, oh good, there's a heartbeat. Great, good, yay. There's two. <laughs> <laughs> And the thoughts that went through your head at that point. I mean, I the tears of joy. I, I never even thought about twins. I don't know why. I mean, I know they're possible and all that good stuff, but it never even dawned on me that that was a possibility. And I mean, that I've never felt that kind of flood of joy in my entire life. So that, that will, you know, till the day I'm done on this earth will be the biggest surprise of my life. <laughs> all right, surprises though. So Lauren, when you think about retirement, you and the team have put together uh, this this whole entire process. You know, these components, these six components that guide retirement. You put together your Merkel plan, their customized plans. And the whole entire goal of the plan is to kind of eliminate surprises when it comes to retirement. We want to eliminate surprises because you want confidence going into retirement. I mean, if you worked 40 years to save this money, you want it to last for the rest of your time on this earth. And having surprises come up that would distract from that or take away from that can be um, create a lot more anxiety. And really what you're trying to do is increase your confidence level on the decisions that you have to make and decrease the overall anxiety that you have as you go into a time frame of your life, a phase of your life that you've never gone through before. And when you go through something for the first time, there's a lot of uncertainty, typically, that comes with that, especially with the magnitude of this phase of your life. You've been working for a very long time. Uh, a lot of times, there's some emotional stress that comes with not working anymore because for many people, uh, work has become their identity. It's the way that they become fulfilled. And so there's a whole lot of things that you have to work through financially and emotionally as you make that transition to the retirement world. So eliminating some of the financial surprises can be a really good thing to make that transition a little bit easier. One way to eliminate surprises is to learn about retirement. So, you know, you can listen to I don't know, your favorite podcast about retirement retiring today and learn all about RMDs because that's the surprise we want to eliminate today. So first, 
defining RMDs. Let's just start with the real basics. Lauren, what is an RMD? RMD stands for Required Minimum Distribution. And so this goes for all, all of your qualified accounts that you've never paid taxes on before. So this could be an IRA. It could be a pre-tax 401k plan. could be a SEP IRA, simple IRA, any of those accounts that you've never paid taxes on before. Also, you are required to take a distribution, so the RMD is also required from a, four, a Roth 401k plan that you currently have at a former employer. So if you've retired or you left an employer, you have Roth 401k plan at that employer, and you're over RMD age, you are mandated to take a distribution from that too. And that's one of the surprises that does creep in for a lot of retirees because they're used to Roth IRAs, you don't have to take an RMD. So people are used to Roth accounts not having a required distribution, except for that, that 401k plan, that Roth 401k can sneak up on you. And let's remind people, who is requiring us to take this money out of these funds that we work so hard to save in? This is the IRS, and it makes sense. So you might be sitting there thinking, why do I, this is my account, this is my money, I put my money away into this account to save it, why do I have to take distributions from it? The reason why is because this money has never been taxed before. So the IRS does need to collect a revenue from this money. And the deal was, when you put this money into it, so let's say the, the, the pre-tax 401k, you put the money into it, you never pay taxes on that contribution, and you never have paid taxes on that money until you actually take it out. So the IRS has allowed you to grow this money on a tax-deferred basis, and at some point, they say, hey, we need to start collecting some revenue from these funds. And that is the whole intent around the RMD, is, not, is to not allow this money to continue to grow tax-free indefinitely. Yeah, and those are those strings that are attached to these accounts that we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Okay, so how is the RMD calculated? The RMD is calculated based on the prior year balance. So take 2022 as an example. Uh, at 1231 of 2022, that balance, whatever that is, is going to determine what your RMD is for 2023. So if you're looking at your 2023 RMD, you can estimate, but you don't know exactly what it is because you don't know what your year-end balance for 2022 is going to be yet. And is it the balance plus your age and some other factors too, or just the well, balance? there's a life expectancy factor that goes into it. So you take the balance and you divide that by the life expectancy factor. So if you're required to take your distribution at age 72, your life expectancy factor is 27.4. So let's just say you have a $100,000 IRA, 12-31-2022, you're turning 72 in the year 2023, take $100,000, divide it by 27.4, and that's going to get you to the amount that you have to take out. And it equates to about 3.6%. So roughly about $3,600 would be the amount that you have to take out. And then the next year, that RMD factor, that life expectancy factor goes down which means the amount that you have to take out goes up. So instead of dividing it by 27.4, you would divide it by 26.5, and it would equate to a total distribution of a little bit more than 3.7%. Well, I hadn't thought of it that way before. So you're trying to obviously pay lower taxes all the time. Again, your fair share, but not anymore. And you got to take more money out of your accounts as you most likely 72, you're retired. Yeah, the percentage that you're mandated to take out does increase each year. Now your total dollar amount distribution that you take out might decrease, but that's going to be dependent upon the 
IRA balance. So in 2023, if if the 1231-22 balance was 100,000, then you'd have to take out about 3,600. But the next time in 2024, if your IRA account value dropped down to 75,000 based on the distributions that you took out or even market performance, then the dollar amount that you would have to take out would be less. But the percentage that you'd have to take out would increase. And that percentage continues to increase throughout the rest of your life. Oh, well, I was just saying my IRAs in retirement are only going to go up. No, they're not going to go down, (laughs) right? They they can't go down, right? (laughs) I mean, they're your IRAs. (laughs) Right. So they can't go down. I just want them to keep making lots of money for me every single year. You and everybody else. Yes, I am. But if your IRAs are invested in the market, just like everybody else, when we go through times like this, they will go down. Okay, so you mentioned the age 72. Again, this is something that lawmakers, legislation mandates is that RMD age. When the RMDs kick in, when you have to start taking this money out. Right now, it's 72, but it used to be 70 and a half. Yeah, just a couple years ago, prior to January 1st of 2020, the RMD age was 70 and a half for most people. Uh, But then the SECURE Act was passed, and for those who turned 70, uh, 72 after January 1st of 2020, the RMD age is actually now 72. And then there's also something called a Secure Act 2.0, uh, and the House has their version, the Senate has their version, and they are all looking to increase the RMD age up to age 75. The Senate and the House, their versions are a little bit different. It could be by the year 2032, could be a year by the year 2033. Uh, we'll wait to see what that legislation ultimately is, but this adds to the surprise element. If, if you're not staying in touch with legislative changes, you will be surprised constantly throughout the course of your retirement because this legislation is changing constantly. If we just look back just a couple years ago, major legislation change that impacts this, topic, RMDs. And then just now, there's more legislation change, and there's going to probably be more legislation change after that, all within a very short period of time. And if you're not staying on top, those surprises will take place, and they may not necessarily be friendly to you. So we talk about these RMD ages moving. Is it better when they're later in life? Is it worse? What's your take on that? It's better because it gives you more control. One of the things we really don't like about RMDs is it decreases the overall control that you have on passing on your accounts, uh, decreases the control that you have on taking income from your accounts, and it also decreases your control or can decrease your control as far as how much tax you pay on these accounts. If, uh, you know, let's take the current law. If you're mandated to take out RMDs at age 72, as opposed to age 75, well, there's a minimum amount that you have to take out and you're going to be taxed on. As opposed to if it was 75 and you're 72, well, you could take out whatever you wanted to, including zero, which now it means you have more control over your income, where your income comes from, and then therefore what tax bracket you're going to be in as well. Don't most people use this money to live off of? Why is taking it out a bad thing? Yeah, I knew you were going to go there because that's the the listener might be thinking that. What are you talking about? I've saved this money for all this time. I'm retired. I need to take an income. I want a lifestyle. Why would I not want to take money from my IRAs? And really, there's a lot of people out there that do want to, do need to take money from the IRAs, which means the RMD calculation and the dollar amount you're required to take out is not a big deal to you because you're going to take that money out anyway. But there's also a large contingent that want more control over where their distributions are going to come from. They have maybe a brokerage account, they have savings accounts, they have IRAs, 401k plans, and the RMD really boxes them into where they're going to take their their money from. There is many of the families that we work with, they're 72, 73, 74, 
and they don't need the income from their IRAs. They have good pensions. They have a maximization social security strategy. They're delivering all the income that they need from those sources. And this RMD just adds on to their taxable income. This RMD is uh, this this RMD time frame is a time frame that we call the tax ticking time bomb because it is where you have decreased control over what your tax bracket is. If we go to that example I just gave where you have a pension, you have Social Security, that's the income that you need to live on. But now you turn 72 and you're mandated to take an extra $30,000 out for an RMD. Well, that could increase your tax bracket. And the problem there is that tax bracket is going to be increased indefinitely because you can't turn those sources of income off. You can't turn your pension off. You don't want to. You can't turn your Social Security off. You also don't want to turn that off. But now you have to take out this extra $30,000 a year year in RMD, which is also taxed, and you can't turn that off either. The only way that that decreases is by decreasing your IRA account value. So because of that, there's a lot of strategy that you have to engage in prior to RMD age if you want to increase your control and potentially decrease your overall retirement tax bill. You've made a pretty convincing argument about how RMDs can be a surprise and quite frankly, sometimes a big pain because they can bump you up in tax bracket. So control, I heard you say that word several times. Again, it still feels like the kind of thing that just happens to me. I have to take the RMDs. The government tells me I did a good job saving. Eh, That's all right. That's what I have to do. But I'm guessing that's not the case. When it it comes time to plan for your retirement tax bill, there's two ways that you can think about it. And one way you can think about it is you're going to pay taxes on this money. Whether you take it out now or you take it out later, you're going to pay taxes on this money. So you are choosing by doing nothing to pay taxes on IRS's timetable based on their rules. If you engage in tax planning prior to RMDH, then you're still going to pay taxes on the money, but you're doing it on your terms, not the terms of the IRS. And you can engage in tax planning strategies that make your tax bill, your retirement tax bill decrease and and increases the overall control. When you talk about your investments, when you talk about your, your income, you talk about your overall retirement plan, there are a lot of things you can control if you know which levers to pull at what times and how far to pull them. If you just kind of go through retirement and say, hey, everything's good. I'm getting the income I need. Um, I'm living the lifestyle I want to. I've done a good job and I've saved. But at 72 or 73 or 75, whenever that time comes for you, you get this big income surprise from an RMD. Well, now that control, you kind of given up that control to the IRS. And that's why paying attention to this stuff as early on as possible, even prior to your retiring, gives you more time, can give you more control, and it can also help you decrease your retirement tax bill and give you a lot more confidence on these decisions that you're making. It also has a, it can have a dramatic impact on your legacy plan. Because with your legacy plan, what you're, what most people are trying to do is either you have a really specific legacy goal, right? You want to give this amount to charity. You want to give this amount to your kids, your grandkids. And then there's other people that say, I don't have really specific legacy goals, but I want whatever is left to go to my kids, my charities in the most efficient way possible. And if you had the choice be, between leaving more or less, if you with your lifestyle or your retirement lifestyle being the same, most people are going to say, I want to leave more. And that's where increasing efficiencies and control over your accounts and decreasing your tax bill can really help. And thinking about this as an early on process, I've even been thinking about what, at 59 and a half, you can start taking money out of an IRA, right? Without a penalty. 
okay, so is there any strategy where you maybe start taking money before RMD age to get that RMD even smaller later? Yep, and this is where the tax plan collides with the income plan. With the income plan in retirement, how much money do you need? How much money do you need to have the retirement lifestyle that you want to? And then look, look at the sources of income that you have. Most people have Social Security. Some people do have a pension. And then if you have IRAs or brokerage accounts or Roth IRAs, now we need to be very specific about where we're taking that income from. And we'll use the, ta- the current year tax rates in that equation, but we'll also use what we, what we project for future tax rates in that equation as well. And if we can maximize your tax rates by taking distributions from the IRA and it makes sense, to pay taxes on that income because we think you're going to pay taxes at, on that income at a at the same or a lower level than what we could in the future, then that makes sense. But let's not take too much income from that source to inc- because it could increase your tax rate at, at a level that's not because it could increase your tax rate to a level that we don't like. And we can look at some of the other income sources to help produce that income, whether it's coming from a brokerage, which is tax-preferred, or it's coming from a Roth, which is tax-free. All those are things that we need to look at as far as where you're taking your income from. We also need to consider this from a legacy standpoint. When we look at where you're going to leave money, what types of buckets, what types of accounts you're going to leave to individuals or charities, this becomes really important as well. Let's say that you have a need or a a desire to leave money to a church, but then you also want to leave money to your kids. You want to make sure that you leave your pre-tax IRA money to the church because they're not paying taxes on that. You want to leave your Roth money to your kids because they, they are also not paying taxes on it. If you left the Roth money to the church, you're wasting that tax-free Roth. If you leave your pre-tax IRA to your kids, then they will pay taxes on that money at their ordinary income tax bracket when they take it out. And the SECURE Act changed the the rules as far as when they could take it out. Now they have to take it out within a 10-year period. They can't stretch those distributions out over the course of their lifetime. When to take out money, how to spend money. It's a big puzzle piece. And if this puzzle sounds a little bit confusing, that's okay because there are people that you can talk to and they're retirement planners. They put these puzzles together for families and individuals every single day. So maybe you're thinking about the accounts that you have and and what to do with them. A great place to start a conversation is is a phone call. Pick up the phone and, and make a call. You can have a 15 minute retirement checkup call with a retirement planner here at Merkle Retirement Planning. You can schedule the call. It's free. You can go to MerkleRetire.com, M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. And Lauren, that's a good place to start with. Here are my accounts. What do you think? Because everyone's situation is different. Everybody's situation is different. And I can't tell you how many times we've had the conversation with those who have always done this themselves, right? During the accumulation years, it's significantly different type of planning than what you're going to engage in in the retirement years. So a lot of times people say, you know, I've always, I've always done the investment stuff myself. I felt really comfortable. I felt really good. But here I am now in the retirement phase and starting to realize it is significantly different for all of those reasons that we just talked about. You have multiple accounts. You have legislation that you have to be concerned about, changing legislation that you have to be concerned about. So how how do we go through it? It's, it's significantly harder in the retirement years. So when we start with the, the conversations, it's what do you want your lifestyle to look like? What do you want to do in retirement? Tell us about you. Tell us about where you're at, where you want to go. And then from there, we'll work in the financial pieces of that overall retirement puzzle. What kind of accounts do you have? 
what what is the tax nature of those accounts? Uh, where should we be taking income from those accounts? How do you maximize your Social Security? What do we do from a legacy planning standpoint, uh, whether it's charities, charities are involved or not? How do we make sure we, we suffice the required minimum distributions? And we haven't even talked about the qualified charitable distributions yet. There's so many things to consider. We want to make sure that you're navigating through all of these different factors as you're going to and through retirement. We can't talk about RMDs without talking about Roth conversions because that is another way you can possibly control these RMDs. It's one of the strategies and it's one of the most effective but also most overlooked strategy. Uh, And I'm saying this in our profession as well. A lot of advisors don't think about it. Uh, a lot of CPAs don't think about it. A Roth conversion just simply means it's a, you're, you, from your pre-tax accounts, you're taking a distribution from them, you're paying taxes on it, and you're moving that money over to a Roth IRA. It, once it's in the Roth IRA, it grows tax-free forever, assuming you take out the qualified distributions down the road. Uh, but one of the, the disadvantages of the Roth conversion is you do pay taxes on that money in the year that you convert it. So there's a lot of professionals out there that say, why pay taxes on money today when you can defer it and not pay taxes on it until later down the road when you take it out? Well, one of the benefits of the Roth IRA is you're not mandated to take a distribution from it at any age. So as long as it's your Roth IRA at 72, 75, 82, you're not required to take a distribution, which means you now have more control over that account than what you do from the accounts that you're mandated to take a distribution. So that by itself is an advantage. I'm going to stop you for a second because I thought when you set it up, you said something like this. Maybe I heard you wrong. As long as you take qualified distributions. So what's the difference between qualified distributions and mandated distributions from a Roth IRA? Yeah, so that's the that's the compliance aspect to me there, Molly. Qualified <laughs> distributions. I could say you're not going to pay taxes on it as long as you take distributions, but you could take distributions and they're not qualified, then you would be taxed on any earnings within there. So if it's a qualified distribution, you have to be at least 59 and a half, and the account has to be established for at least five years, the greater of 59 and a half or five years. Um, but it's not an RMD because they sound a little bit similar in the way you described both no, of them qual- there and qual- that. Qualified just means that it's an acceptable distribution underneath the Roth rules, which means you don't have to pay taxes on, on the earnings. Uh, RMD is a required distribution, which uh, from your Roth IRA, there is not a required distribution. All right. I just need to, I need some clarification. Not sure if everybody out there did, but I heard s- s- very similar language and I knew there was a difference. I just didn't quite know what it was. Yeah. And when we do our retire- retirement reports and anything's in writing, we put qualified distributions because from a compliance standpoint, it makes it a lot more accurate. And the QCD is a great tool. You talk about people with these charitable aspirations. Again, this is a way to control the RMD, control tax rates, and give to charities. And it's more confusing because... the <laughs> No, I didn't <laughs> want you to say that part. Well, it can be if, if you don't work with it every day uh, because these rules are also changing. The qu- qualified charitable distribution just means you're taking a distribution direct from your IRA and you're sending that money to a charity. Uh the charity's not going to pay taxes on it. And because it goes to a qualified charity, you will not pay taxes on that distribution and it will go towards your RMD. So if you're mandated to take a distribution of $10,000 this year, you send $2,000 to a qualified charity. That $2,000 is not taxed. You take the remaining $8,000 and do whatever you want with it. And it is subject to tax. Now, one of the confusing elements of this is now Many people are not mandated to take a distribution until age 72, 
but you can still do a qualified charitable distribution starting at the age of 70 and a half. So somebody who turns 70 and a half this year is thinking, I don't have to take a distribution till 72, but I can take a qualified charitable distribution, send $2,000 to your church and not have to pay taxes on that $2,000. So it's, it's a completely different way of looking at how you gift to charities. Uh, before, let's just take that church example. A lot of people write a check, they pay cash, whatever it is. Uh, maybe they have an automatic setup distribution from their checking account. Once you're 70 and a half, you can change that distribution from your IRA and not pay taxes on that charitable contribution. If you continue to gift the same way you always have, well, you're paying t- taxes on that money as it goes into that account, right? So it's a different way of looking at it. It can save you taxes and you can still have the same meaningful benefit to your community as what you've always had. Yeah. And the balance of your IRA goes down while you're kind of working towards RMD eligibility. Also, you use the $2,000 example, but the limit is, is pretty high on these QCDs, right? $100,000 per individual. So if you're married, you could actually give $200,000 from an IRA and not have to pay taxes on it. If you're single, it's $100,000. So we talked about eliminating RMD surprises, and one way to eliminate surprises is to strategize. See what I did there? Strategize. Eliminate surprise. I like it. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So with the RMD, the control aspect, you can strategize RMDs, Lauren, especially with married couples. Yes, when it comes to planning for married couples, there's a lot of considerations, a lot of factors, uh, and especially when it comes time to taking distributions. Uh, let's let's just throw out an example. We have a married couple. Let's say their name is John and Sue. John is 68 and Sue is 65. They're both retired. They need to take an income. So we need $3,000 from the IRAs. John has a IRA. Sue also has an IRA. Now, one way we could think about this is we need $3,000. Let's just take $1,500 per IRA. Let's just take $1,500 from John's IRA, $1,500 from Sue's IRA. They both feel good about it, right? We're not taking the full amount from just John's account or Sue's account. But yeah, because these are individual accounts. I think that's worth saying that sometimes I think people may have the misconception that they own the IRA with their spouse. But yes, that's not the case. It's no, they're just individual. John's. It's just Sue's. Yeah. So in this example, uh, Sue is the beneficiary, 100% primary beneficiary of John's IRA. Something happens to John, then it becomes Sue's IRA and vice versa for John. John, John is 100% primary beneficiary on Sue's IRA. Something happens to Sue, then it becomes John's IRA. But this kind of has a feel-good nature to it, right? We're taking the equal amounts from each IRA, so neither one of them feel bad. And we do get couples who do request that. Say, I don't, I don't want all of it coming from my IRA, right? Let's, let's split it up. Now, the disadvantage from a tax standpoint is John's going to win the race first. And that's not necessarily a good thing for John because John's saying, or what the, the situation is, is John's going to get to RMD age first. And if we just take the distributions from Sue's IRA or we split them up equally, means there's going to be a higher account value in John's IRA once he gets to RMDH, which means they will be mandated to take a higher distribution from John's IRA. So when it comes to taking income in that scenario, we would focus on taking that income from John's IRA first to decrease that overall required distribution. This is the same principle when we talk about Roth conversions. If John and Sue, if it makes sense from a tax standpoint to convert, we are converting from John's, from John's IRA first. 
So if we're going to convert $50,000, we're going to take that $50,000 from his IRA, convert it over to John's Roth IRA. That way, when he gets to age 72 first, his overall RMD is going to be less. So there's definitely some intention that's applied to these tax planning strategies, the income planning strategies to make sure that we have the most amount of control, that John and Sue have the most amount of control over their money, and uh, and we take their ages and income requirements and lifestyle requirements, all that into consideration with these plans. Speaking of ages, you've mentioned 72 several times. We've talked about 59 and a half, even 70 and a half. At what age do I start planning for these RMDs? As soon as you possibly can. So that means if you're 20 years old out there listening to this, start planning right now. If you're 60 years old out there listening to this, start planning right now. If you don't have a retirement plan in place, it's not too late. If you're 72 years old, it's not too late to get a plan in place. We are still doing Roth conversions. We are still doing tax planning strategies for the families that we work with into their late 70s, early 80s. Every single year that goes by and you don't have an effective tax plan in place, that could be a wasted opportunity. So it doesn't matter how old, how young you are, how far behind you are, how ahead you are, it's never too late to start engaging in your retirement planning. Well, you heard, Lauren, there's no time like the present. So start the conversation. Go to MerkleRetire.com, M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com, and schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call today. We'll keep talking about all of the components of retirement on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC.